Hey guys, today is uh, Tuesday, December 10th, um, and this is another episode of Aggressively, Aggressively Average with Halleck. Um, first, I guess uh, I apologize for my voice. Um, I'm a little sick, and it's my throat's irritated. Um, so I apologize for the audio quality, um, but I felt that it was important to record this podcast now um, in light of what happened yesterday. Yesterday at work, um, we lost a co-worker. He lost his life. He passed um, at work. Um, my my thoughts and condolences go out to the grieving family and for their loss and um so that being said um well not that being said but changing gears a second here um the whole if you if you listen to my introduction um the whole point of me doing this is is for me. It's a selfish exercise. I try to consider myself a selfless person, but this is going to be a selfish episode. Um, this is going to be what all happened from my point of view and how I'm feeling about it. And again, if it helps somebody, great. Um, but this is sort of a audio diary for me. Um, so... Yeah, I'm not going for a production value here whatsoever. You may hear my dog come in and out. She already did, and she's clipping and clapping around the kitchen. So uh, bear with me. I'll address that in future episodes for sure, but uh, I don't care right now about that sort of thing. So I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. And like I said, I wanted to you know, do it while it's fresh and everything else. I'm going to try to maintain my composure. I've been upset all day and um i think i'm kind of all cried out so hopefully we'll be good um so starting from the top the beginning of my involvement i was at work approximately 8 30 p.m and um one of my best friends he was trying to figure out how to jump his car and he couldn't find the battery terminal on the, on one of the cars. And I was trying to talk him through it. So I was in the back room, just trying to help him out on the phone. And another coworker of ours, uh, uh, bursts in the door, tells me to call nine one one that, um, this gentleman is not breathing. His name's Ken. Um, the gentleman who passed. Um, and Gary is the gentleman who... Just so... There's only really three names in this story. We were the only three people there. Um, so Gary gets me and he tells me to call 911. And I take my cell phone. I hang up on my friend and I dial 911 and I sprint out to the back of our uh, yard, parking lot, whatever you want to call it. Um, I sprint out there, uh, and I see Ken 
not moving in the driver's seat of a tractor, not a yard imp- or not a lawn implement tractor, uh, semi, semi tra- 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 semi tractor, blah. Um, and this thing has, so I'm on the phone with 911, you know, they're asking me the address and I tell them the address, you know, male 49, not breathing. We check for a pulse. We check for, you know, is he breathing? He's not. She sends me to go look for a defibrillator, which I now know we don't have, but uh, she sends me to go look for one. So I, I leave Gary and Ken and I go looking for a defibrillator and, and then she turns me right back around right as I get inside. She's like, you need to start doing CPR now. I said, okay. She said, you need to get him. I said, I can't, I can't do CPR. He's seated upright. He's in the tractor. And she goes, um, you, you need to get him out. I said, ma'am, I, you know, I, I okay. I, I'm liable to drop him. Is, is that okay? You know, um, he's, he's a very heavy person, probably not very heavy, but he's heavier than I can lift. He was 350 pounds. I'm guessing, um, definitely over 300, but at any rate, um, so she wants me to get him down and, um, so I put the phone down and I, I go through, there's two, two doors. There's like a, there's like a traditional car door on this type of truck. And then there's like a sliding, almost like a sliding door, like a, like you have in your, to go out to your deck or whatever. It's kind of like that in the back so they can get to the airlines for the trailers and stuff like that. Anyway, so I try and I get him, I try to pull him out of his seat through the back way and that doesn't work. So then I turn my attention to the regular door, like the car door looking thing. And um, I get it open. It was stuck. I get it open. um, And... We, we start trying to pull him out. I'm like, lady, I'm going to drop him. And she goes, sir, I understand. I would rather have him hit his head and endure head trauma than you not do CPR at all. You need to try and you need to get him on the ground. However, if you have to yank him out of there and he falls and you know, that that's fine. Do it. I said, yes, ma'am. I wrap, I, I, I get him situated so that I still obviously didn't want that to happen. So I get him switched situated so that I can, I, uh, kind of like a Heimlich sort of way. I, I go under his armpits and I lock, I, I, I lock my wrists together. I grab both, both wrists with my hands and I kind of let him, we, we go down and I couldn't hold him up. Um, but I was under him and, um, Gary was helping me usher him to the ground as smoothly as and quickly as possible. And, um, I get, we get him to the ground and she wants, she instructs me to how to do CPR. 
I've done CPR before, not on a person. I've done CPR before um, I was trained, but I'm way due for a refresher course. And I don't even believe they teach it the same way that I was doing anymore. But at any rate, so she's walking me through it. She's, she wants me to count with her. And um, as I'm doing chest compressions, so it's, you know, one, two, one, two, one, two. I don't know if that's a tempo, but you get the idea. Um, and I, I can't count anymore. I can't even count to two. Um, I said, lady, she's like, are you doing it? Cause I went silent and I just focused on compressing his chest. And she goes, uh, she goes, uh, um, are you doing it? And I said, yep, just, just count for me. I just need you to count for me. Do it for me, please. And she goes, and you know, I'm still, I said, I can't count. And she's like, okay. And so she's, um, counting me off, counting me off, counting me off. And we, um, we we're doing chest compressions. Gary's puts his hands on top of mine and we're pounding as hard as we can. And, um, I hear sirens in the background and lights reflecting off of the building. And I start to cry because as I'm, I don't stop, but I I start to cry because that was the moment it was real for me. Um, and never became still, I mean, still hasn't become unreal still seems like a nightmare. Um, so I, uh, the police arrive, probably police, fire, EMS arrive. I'm on my knees over his body, um, doing chest compressions until they drop down to theirs and I get up and I get the hell out of their way. I give Gary a hug and, uh, then I proceed to do interviews with the police and everything, as does he, Gary. Paramedics continue chest compressions, and they put this, I don't know what it is. It was some kind of like green device. They put it on his chest, and he was kind of like, they put his hands holding it. And it was making his, I think it was making him breathe. I'm not sure. I don't know if it was defibrillating or making him breathe. I don't really understand what that was. But, um... Yeah, so then um, I'm doing my interviews and I ask if I can be excused because I needed my inhaler. And I get my inhaler, she finishes up interviews. I don't even remember one question she asked me, to be honest. There's a lot I don't remember. So again, I apologize if my recollection is crappy or I go back and forth throughout the story. So we wait until they take him. And I'm asking, there was probably 30 members of law enforcement, EMS, fire, whatever. And I'm asking everybody, where's he going? Where's he going? I need to already know where he's going. You know, and I, I find out. And, um, at that point, I go back inside and I collect my things. And I'm starting to think that someone needs to let his wife know. 
And I guess that somebody is me. Being, uh, I don't, I just had to step up to the plate, I guess. Um, cause no one else was going to do it. So I uh, tried calling his wife on the work phone and I left a message and I didn't get a, I didn't get an answer. So I left a message and then, uh, <clears throat> then I, uh, I'm about to leave so I can go meet him and, or go to, you know, go to the hospital or whatever. And I'm about to leave. So I take my personal phone and I, I send her a text telling her to, you know, basically the same message as I left with my voice, but that I would not be able to be reached on that phone. Please call me at this number because I was leaving. Um, and Gary said he wanted to go too. So we went and, um, and by the way, Gary was very helpful. He, there was things he did to, I mean, he was trying to, I mean, I'm not really giving a, a fair description of the stuff, the tasks he performed and the, and what he's done. Again, this is kind of a selfish deal and I feel bad even saying that but uh, I don't know I'm just talking it out and coping and stuff like that I don't know I don't think there's a wrong answer anyway uh, I'm just kind of playing this whole thing by ear so I get to the hospital and Gary and I get to the hospital we park we go inside and the admission nurse or whatever they're called. She was busy, but there was a security guard next to her. And so I immediately, you know, I started talking to him because she was with uh, another patient or patients, whatever. She was with somebody else. And I'm talking to, oh, bye dog. I'm talking to the security guard. And I said, this is the person I'm looking for. Here's his name. Uh, where, you know, where is he? Where do I need to go? And he's like, I, I, I don't show any record of this person, uh, being here yet. Perhaps you beat them or, uh, they just haven't been entered yet. I said, you know, so to me, I'm thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Like focus on saving the man's life before you enter him in the computer for sure. So he's got to be here. Da, 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 da. And... So I sit down and I get impatient very quickly. I, well, I, before I sit down, I say, here's his name. Get me when you know where he is, please. And he says, okay. And um, so I go sit down with Gary in the lobby and about, I don't know, probably less than 90 seconds later, I get back up, anything. And this douchebag says, what was his name again? I said, dude, I've been... So I was infuriated. I didn't say any of this to him because I didn't care at the time. But looking back upon it, I was, I'm pissed because I was like, I told you to look for his name to hit your screen. Like, what are you doing? And you didn't even know. You said you would look for it, but you, I had to tell you it again. And then I, so he gets his name, still nothing. I go back up there. You know, I sit down and go back up probably uh, two more times, two or three more times anyway. Before the much more competent 
admission nurse or whatever she was, suggests that perhaps the paramedics took him to a different hospital for reasons unbeknownst to us, as something may have developed mid-transport, which made a ton of sense, but I didn't think of that. Um, so she... So she starts looking up other hospitals and calling them to see where he is for me because she was actually a useful human being, unlike that security guard. So she finds him. He's down the street, like a half mile away, I think. Yeah, half mile away at a different hospital. So, okay, so Gary and I hop in our respective vehicles. We head over to this other one. Uh, this other hospital where he is and we wait for the family to arrive I it was important to me to stay until his wife and daughter-in-law and son-in-law I believe are their titles um, got there because I was sure they'd have questions and I'm sure they'd want answers and not that I had all of them but I had some, and I could, in my head, I could provide them closure and in some weird way. I don't know. It just felt like it's what I needed to do, so that's what I did. So, um, oh, backing up, I guess, I, yeah, this is out of order. But, uh, so when I find out he's at this new hospital, I immediately call his wife and she goes, you know, you don't, I said, he's at this other hospital. She's like, I know. And I said, she's like, you don't know. And I said, what do you mean? And she tells me that he passed. And, you know, I've, I was with Gary and we were walking and talking and I stopped walking and I got down on my knees and, um, I got off the phone with her and started to cry, and I think I gave Gary another hug. I'm not, I think so. I don't know. Um, so then we um, wait for them to arrive, and when they arrive, a nurse takes us back into one of those counseling rooms and kind of tells us what had not really what had happened, but what to expect and that he had passed and that we could go see him and and the family wanted Gary and I in there as well. So we went to go see him and, uh, yeah, that was hard, um, for them and me, obviously it was hard for everybody, but, uh, so we um, stay there for a little while and converse with the family and and everything else. And then, uh, you know, Gary says he's going to go, and I, I do the same not five minutes later. And, uh, yeah, it just sucks, man. Um, loss sucks. It's not fair. He was only 49 years old. Um, Way too soon. 
way too soon. And he was a good guy. He was a great guy. Um, he was good at his job. He was a good person. He was good at a lot of things. Jack of all trades type of guy. Funny. Knowledgeable. Helped me when I needed it. You know, as far as advice or if I was down at work, he, he could tell and he would make try and make me laugh or pick on me. That was more like it. He would pick on me until I smiled, basically. And he taught me a lot about adulting. Um, we really jived on uh, Jove. Is that the past tense of... I don't know. Somebody correct me. Send me an email. What's the past tense of jive? Is it jived or jove? I think it's jived. Um, we we thought our brains worked similar ways, and we, we had a lot of similar interests. He was a fellow rider. Um, we just lost a hell of a rider, <coughs> amongst other things. He had a Harley Road King that he rode like a raped ape. And that thing was fucking fast. It was so cool. It is so cool. And he loved that thing. And um, do anything for you. I mean, might give you a hard time about it, but there's nothing you could ask of him that he would say no to. And uh, it just sucks that, not that I wish this happened to anybody else, but... Sucks that it happened to him. And it's not fair. Bye, dog. And, uh... That was my dog just leaving. Again. For the third time in 22 minutes. Um... So... Work was hard today. Uh... I was on the phone with all my friends, family, loved ones... Everything else. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you already probably know the story because I probably told you already. But here's sort of a one that everybody can look back on. And maybe it'll, you know, maybe somebody somewhere else grieving or not grieving. I don't I don't know. Maybe it can help somebody. I don't know. It's not really, I mean, that's why I'm doing this show is to help myself and hopefully others. But, uh, no, it... Work sucked, and it was a long day, and um, hard day, hard day, but I'm home now, and um, I think I'm going to wrap it up here in a minute, but uh, before I do, I stopped on the way home and got some Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, um, because that was his favorite beer, and I personally think it tastes like shit, but uh, I'll suck one down for him, I guess, <laughs> no, I, um, it's kind of silly, a silly gesture, but it makes sense, so, um, here we go um i got one for him and i got one for me 
So, cheers, buddy. I'll keep this one cold for you. Rest in peace, Ken. You will be missed. And that's it, guys. Bye.